Hi, this is Jean-Jacques Taylor, and you're listening to Jot Talk. This is a podcast where I talk about the Cowboys, the team I've covered as a beat writer, columnist, TV insider, and radio host for 28 years. I'll also talk about the NFL and the things I love, working out, streaming, food, and all things Dallas. My boy, Big Joe and the Big Rig, one of my oldest friends, produces the show and occasionally chimes in with his thoughts on the Cowboys. After all, he's a lifelong Cowboys fan, and he played high school, college, and semi-pro football. Welcome to Jock Talk, where sports is fluid. What's true today might not be true an hour, a day, or a month from now. I'm going to give you the truth straight. No chaser. Glad to have you aboard. Let's get it. Welcome to episode 32 of Jock Talk, my friends. I hope everybody's prepared to be entertained and dazzled for the next hour or so as me and uh, Big Joe and the Big Rig get you caught up on what's happening with all things Dallas Cowboys and a little off-the-field uh, content. What's happening, dog? Locked and loaded. Oh, locked and loaded. I like to hear that. That's good. Let me hip y'all to something before we get started. So, I can't really have, I don't really have a good explanation for what makes somebody go find your Twitter account and delete that thing. One of life's great mysteries, but it happened to me. So, if you were looking for the show the other day, that's probably why you couldn't find it, because I didn't have a, uh, a way to put it out. So, your boys start from scratch on Twitter. How about that? So you can follow me at JJT Journalist, no underscore, just JJT Journalist. You can also find me under I am Jean-Jacques Taylor, and we'll get it cranked up from there. I would sit here and moan and groan about it, but you know, man, that's life in a big city, and there's some people out there who just do what they do for whatever reason that they do what they do. And you can't really get caught up, caught up in it. You just keep it moving. Improvise, now, adapt, and overcome. Improvise, improvise adapt, and overcome. You know, he told me that for 20 years. Most of the time he tell me that I get, to, I get it wrong when I say it, and then I get corrected. But uh, that's it right there in a nutshell. Now, the other time you need to improvise, adapt, and overcome is if you've been involved in an accident and it ain't your fault. Somebody else's negligence. And if you find yourself in that situation, you should already know what to do because that phone number should be locked and loaded. <laughs> See what I did there? In your phone. And it's grinning log. Give him a call. 972 972- Nine three four eighty nine hundred. Here's the deal. Remember this: all you got to do is punch in the numbers, make the phone call, and say, "Hey, Green Team, here's my situation." That's what you say. That consultation is free; doesn't cost you anything. Now, if they bring you on as a client, I've told you this, and I mean this. It's a lucky day for you. And here's why: anytime you get involved in a situation where you're injured in an accident, and it's not your fault, somebody else's negligence, you're going up against somebody else's insurance company. And you need somebody who will ride and die with you, somebody who will lead you through the process. Because the process, who is a 12-letter cuss word. And it um, can be intimidating. It can be a little scary. It can be complicated. It can be confusing, you know, a bunch of legal mumbo-jumbo. You need somebody to help you through that situation. The green team can do that. Understand, you don't have to worry, hey, it's a big company. Are they gonna, where am I on the priority list? You don't have to worry about all that. You know why? They don't get paid. Listen to me, unless you get paid. They don't collect a check, a quarter, a nickel, a dime, nothing, unless you get paid. And so that, to me, makes it a win-win for everybody. So they're working for you, they're fighting for you. While you sleep, they're still doing their thing. So if you've been involved in an accident and somebody else's negligence is not your fault, call the green team, 972-934-8900. Let them work for you. Now, you know what I say all the time. You got to take my word for nothing. If I'm talking facts, stats, whatever, look it up yourself. Go to greenlaw.com. 
See the good work that they're doing. See what other clients say about them. See the work that the green team, Robert Greening, is doing in the community. All of that is positive. So check it out yourself. And then if you're involved in an accident and it's not your fault, make sure you give them a call. 972-934-8900. Dog, I had a conversation with some people yesterday about this game coming up. And there's some young people in the business who I, I tried to help correct whose names will remain unnamed. <laughs> but they were like, they were talking about this with the Giants game, and they could have raised the same issue with the Carolina game. And the issue they raised was, hey, this is a good week to make Trey Lance active and get him some work. And I said, so you just assume they're going to blow out another NFL team? Well, I mean, it's the Panthers, man. They ain't no good, blah, 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 blah. I was like, duh. It's the NFL. The Arizona Cardinals wasn't no good. And the Arizona Cardinals beat them by double digits, man. It's the NFL, man. The worst team on a given day can rise up and spank you. Yeah, them Denver Broncos that gave up 70 and got embarrassed three weeks into the season. Didn't they go to Buffalo, one of the toughest places to play, and go beat the Bills? My content creator shaking his head right now. I didn't really mean to bring that up and hurt his feelings right then, but it just came up in normal conversation. Uh, but that's it right there, man. So this is not a week to say, hey, let's take it easy. No, nah, this is a week to show, hey, last week, if you're a Cowboys fan, we dominated a bad New York Giants team at the crib. So you should replicate it because, remember, this is not a team that kills people on the road. Cowboys struggle on the road. They're, all their metrics are down on the road as compared to home. Uh, they don't play well on grass compared to the way they play on turf. And, you know, maybe Carolina's got some kind of hybrid, but it's more grass than not. All right? And so they've changed play callers back to Frank Reich this week. Uh, try to get a spark on offense. Uh, they've had a couple extra days off because they played on Thursday. And so, yes, Dallas should win. Yes, I think the Cowboys are favored by 11. And so when you consider the home field advantage being a field goal, Vegas really expects them to win by a couple touchdowns. Uh, so, and they should if they take care of business because Carolina is challenged. They don't have a whole lot to work with. Bryce Young, the number one pick in the draft, has just been aight. Uh, he's completing 62% of his passes. Uh, 5.4 yards an attempt, which is awful. Eight touchdowns, seven interceptions, passer rating of uh, 75.9, which is bad. All right. Now, in his defense, he ain't got a whole lot of help around him, man. Not at all. Leading, uh, what's that? Not at all. No. Old, I didn't want to call it, well, okay. Old ass Adam Thielen leading the team with 68 catches, 652 yards. That's 9.6. He got four touchdowns. That's very pedestrian. Thank you. Uh, Chuba Hubbard. Chuba Hubbard. Leading the running back, 94 carries, 351 yards. Miles Sanders, remember him? 71 carries, 224 yards, 3.2 average. They don't have much. If you show up and you come to play and you handle your business, this too will be a blowout. Now, if you commit turnovers, you have dumb penalties that extend drives for them, you know, ruin field position for you, Game could get tricky. If you handle your business and play the way you're supposed to play, your Dallas Cowboys should emerge from this game uh, with yet another victory and, um, you know, be continuing to, uh, to play well and put themselves in the position 
so that when they play Philadelphia in three weeks, the game you hope uh, is for uh, the NFC, first place in the NFC East. That's what you hope for. Uh, but it starts with uh, taking care of business in this game. Uh, you know, as the Cowboys try to win two in a row for the third straight time this season, for the third time this season. You know what the Cowboys have not done? As good as they've played, they don't have a three-game winning streak this year, though. So we'll see if they can put one together. Uh, before we dive a l- just a little bit deeper into this game, because, I mean, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on Carolina. We know what that is. Uh, dude, we were talking the other day about it seemed like the Cowboys got more blowouts than anybody. And with Carolina up, it seemed like a good time to say, well, they could certainly add another blowout to this list. And the reason I find that intriguing is that last week, man, five games were decided – it could have been six. I, can't, I don't think they counted the, uh, the Broncos game. Five or six games decided on field goals at the buzzer. That's what the league is designed to do. The schedule is designed to set up parity. Everything is designed to set up offensive success and parity. Uh, not much difference between the best teams and the worst teams, which is why Arizona on a given day can beat your Dallas Cowboys. But. You and I both said, you know, and the Cowboys did it again last week, 49-17 over the Giants. Like, dang, they seem like they blow out people a lot. So, I did something I haven't done in a while, man. I went to the JJT Research Department, dog, and I found out the answers to the teams that have the most blowouts over the last three years. And that's because Cowboys have really been really good the last three years, 12-5, and 12-5, and now um, – what are they, six and three? So, do you have any guess as to who the top two or three teams are with the most blowouts? Let's see, 49ers? Um, they would be on the list in the top three. Um, man. 49ers, Kansas City. Kansas City, surprisingly, not on the list. Right. That's a surprise to me. Yeah, 49ers, Kansas City. Um, I'm not sure. Oh, well, let's go with the Eagles. Eagles, not on the list, surprisingly. All right, that's my three. Right, and, and let me tell you something. Those were three legitimate guesses. Real talk. And so what I did was I went back and I went and tracked out the teams that had the most wins over the last three years, 21, 22, and currently 23. Why? Because Cowboys were, were uh, uh, 12 and 5 each of the last two years. Do you know where the Cowboys rank on wins in the last three years? No, probably, probably five, probably top five. No, definitely top five. Duh. Uh, teams with the most wins the last three years, as of right now. Um, Kansas City and Philadelphia. Surprised they just met the championship last year. Each have 31. Your Dallas Cowboys have 30. Buffalo, San Francisco, each have 29. I'm sorry? Nine, something. This is what they call outtakes. I guess. (laughs) 
And I'm sitting up here doing the show. Somebody just came in and interrupted me. I guess they didn't notice I was doing something. Um, but anyway, um, now I got to get back on track. So what we're talking about is, is the Cowboys got 31 wins. I got 30 wins. Kansas City got 31. They lead it. Uh, Buffalo, San Francisco, each have 29. And so I went back and looked at who's got the most blowouts. Uh, and it's a very interesting list when I did that. So the team with the most blowouts since the start of the 2021 season, your Dallas Cowboys, have 13 victories of 20 points or more. And that was my standard. Like 14 points in the NFL can really be kind of a blowout. But I like real, no-question-ass blowouts. And that's 20 points to me. 20 points in the NFL, that's a big number. And so that's what your Dallas Cowboys did, man. They've got 13 wins of 20 points or more. They got five this year. They had three last year. And they've had five in 2021. Number two on that list kind of surprised me a little bit, dog. You know who it is? It's the Buffalo Bills. They got 12. They had five and 21, uh, four last year, and they got three this year. Well, and I, then, go huh? ahead. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I'll give you this last three. Uh, now, and then there's San Francisco, the 49ers. They had three this year, five last year, and two in 21 uh, for a total of uh, 10. Those are the only teams that got uh, double-digit blowout wins of 20 points or more the last three years. You were saying? I was just thinking, what's the, what's the importance of a blowout? It, it, oh. it, it happens, but what do you think the importance of a blowout is? Um, I think when you have – remember, now this is just me. In a league that's built on parity, where every game is decided – most games are decided by a touchdown or less – when you blow people out consistently, it typically shows that you're a dominant team, uh, which is why when, who's got the most blowouts? Buffalo, Dallas, San Francisco. Who got the most wins over the last three years? Buffalo, Dallas, San Francisco, all in the top five. Um, so but it no, shows. But no championships. No, I just, no. That's I said it. Yeah, no, I get I'm, that. That's where I'm headed. That's where I'm headed. No. But it shows that you have the ability to raise up, and when you play at your best level, you can blow out teams and dominate them. Doesn't, you know, doesn't mean that um, you win championships, obviously, because Kansas City and Philadelphia, see, Kansas City got five wins by 20 points or more last three years. Now, understand, they got a lot of them that's between, you know, 10 and 19. They just didn't hit the 20-point threshold. Uh, same with Philadelphia. Um, uh, which has got six. Uh, but, you know, the other thing to win the championships is in the playoffs, you're not blowing teams out. Right, right. So in the playoffs, it becomes much more about details right. and, you know, all the things, turnovers, pre-snap penalties, all the little things that help you win tight games become more important. Right. That's, uh, where, I'm, blowout, that's, where, I'm, that's where I'm going. I'm going, yeah. you, don't, uh, you don't learn nothing in a blowout because everything, especially if, you, if not a quality op- op- opponent, because everything is works right for you, you learn. I think they learn more in the Philadelphia game than they ever learned blowing the Giants out. You know, yeah, that, you can say that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. When you when you get down to close games and not making mistakes, and you get the experience in a type of game like that where you implode a little bit, 
Yeah, you learn. You learn a lot more. Um, I think it's a. Uh, I think all those things can be true. I think uh, blowing teams out when you do it with regularity shows there's something that shows what the uh, what the potential of your team is. But a wise man told me potential is a French word for you ain't done a damn thing yet. Or you something ain't, like you that. ain't worth a damn yet. Yeah, that's the see? quote. That's the quote. The great, the great, <laughs> the great Bomb Phillips. Potential is a French word that means you ain't worth a damn yet. Uh, see, I said it was a wise man once told me. Uh, so that to me, that's that's what it means. Uh, it was just an interesting look because blowouts are so rare. I was like, why do they keep blowing people out? And it's because uh, they're really built to be a front runner. So when they jump on you, um, they treat you more like an NBA team where they Cowboys get like runs and they just run you off the field before before uh, you even know what's happening. They can do it real quick with the way their defense gets turnovers and and uh, quick strike ability. So to me, it was just an interesting thing. Uh, there's some correlation between the best teams having the most blowouts, just like there's some correlation between uh, the best teams typically have the fewest penalties and the fewest turnovers. Uh, it's just one more thing to look at uh, when it comes to uh, uh, you know what the Cowboys' ability and what their potential is. Because when they play at their highest level, they can do some damage. Problem is, they don't always play at their highest level. And so uh, we'll see if they can get it done uh, this week against Carolina. But uh, let's see if uh, Clarence Hill is up and at them. It's possible. <laughs> I got some technical difficulties going on over here. Hello. What up, Doc? What's up? How y'all doing this morning? All good. You know, man, we're just trying to survive. Had somebody walk in on the podcast already talking about, hey, how long are you going to be in the conference room? Like, dog, if you see I'm doing something, why don't you just shut up and know that I'll be done when I get done? But, you know. Maybe you got like to put, put a sign on the door. Dog. You know what? That's uh, This is true. Live and learn. Well, just like you well, learn, live and learn, that you got to have two-factor authentication on your Twitter account these days. So, where are you? I'm in my conference room at my apartment building, with a, okay. overlooking a beautiful view of downtown Dallas. Uh, but I got a question for you. We've had a very good conversation okay. this morning about it. Uh, I'm gonna give you the facts first, and then ask you what you what it means to you, if anything. Uh, over the last three years, uh, the teams with the most wins in the National Football League, as of right now. Kansas City got 31, Philadelphia got 31, Dallas got 30, Buffalo and San Francisco got 29. I think we'd all say those are amongst the top teams in the league. Here's a question, though. Uh, blowouts, 20-point victories or more. In the last three years, your Dallas Cowboys lead the NFL with 13. Buffalo is next with 12. San Francisco is 10. And just because we talked about them earlier, uh, Philadelphia's got six, Kansas City's got five. What do we take from the fact that the Cowboys have this inordinate amount of blowouts in the league where every game is set up to be decided by a field goal? 
Well, I mean, I think part of it is that um, the NFC East, you know, except for this past year, has been down. I mean, that's a bad team, the NFC East. You know, and, and, and so you, you've had a chance to get fat on there. The, the, the NFC has been down. And, and, and so the, and the Cowboys don't make their schedule, but, you know, they, they've had some bad teams on their schedule. And, and as we've said, the Cowboys take care of bad teams like nobody's business compared to other teams. But, you know, it's not just the Cowboys. You see the, the other teams with, the, with the Buffalo. You know, the AFC East has been down for a lot of times uh, during this time. And so they're up there as well. And the Chiefs are not on there. They're the ones who won the Super Bowl more than anybody, right? Yeah, you know, that's what so I, I don't know. Out. Yeah, I don't know that you can really take anything from it uh, because none of the teams at the top of the list have won the Super Bowl. All right, fair enough. Wait, 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 wait a minute. Wait a minute. That man said, wait a minute, wait, wait a minute. minute. What? At two weeks in a row, I had to say this. I agree with Clarence. It don't even hurt to say it. I agree with Clarence. How about that? I agree. I agree. I agree with Clarence E. Hill Jr. And the East stand for the East extra. For, the East stand for every week. I agree with him. How about that? And maybe oh. maybe later on in the conversation, maybe not. But yeah, I don't know. No. You know, I yeah. like it when it's a lot more contentious. So, what yeah, do you think yeah. about Dak for MVP? Yeah, uh, damn, <laughs> damn, yeah. Let's just jump right into it then. All right. Let's jump right into it. Uh, yeah, I wrote a column about it this morning, and oh, did uh, you? I, I didn't even know that. that. I didn't even know that. Great minds, baby. I, I wrote a column about this morning. Basically, the premise of my column is this: Let's pump the brakes on Dak's MVP. Let's, let's acknowledge that he's playing the best football of his career over the last football four weeks. He may be playing the best football of any quarterback in the NFL. But that goes as the Cowboys go until they show up and, and, and beat a winning team. Let's hope the brakes. Uh, we don't need to push that narrative right now. You know, you know they, they, they will have an ch- opportunity to prove themselves. They're going to have an opportunity to prove themselves. If Dak and the Cowboys continue to play as they have now and Dak continues to play as he has now, you know, when they get to that gauntlet of Seattle, Philadelphia, Miami, Buffalo, uh, Detroit. Detroit. Mm. Uh, if he comes through that, you know, and you know, with a winning mark, I mean, they got they got to win every game. I mean, that's unrealistic. But if they come through that that gauntlet with a winning mark, I think that his candidacy will be what it is. I mean, you you, you can't deny it. You know, and it'll be there because of the Cowboys, because of the kids, attention they get. We don't even have to push it. You don't need Jerry Jones, you know, running no campaign because it will be out there in evidence for everyone to see. But there's no reason to go down that road right now uh, because until, you know, no one, you know, just like we came to the season and, and we can, and, and we talk about this every week, but you know, it don't matter what the Cowboys do during the season, it's going to be what they're going to do during the playoffs. It's what they're going to do during the playoffs. If they can win during the season, but they can win in the postseason. And the same thing is that no one's going to take Dak's numbers and candidacy seriously until they do it against teams with winning records. I mean, they don't make the schedule, but the facts are lately they fatten up on some bad teams. Uh, they lost to Philadelphia, although he had to play. I, I do believe that he is playing better than Philadelphia uh, game is evidence of that. But until they win games against the San Francisco and Philadelphia and some teams with winning records, no one's going to take it seriously. 
Amen to all that. Yeah, because I think you don't, uh, and you know, we always like to, Clarence and I always like to differentiate, you know, the people moving this conversation are are the talking heads on TV who had debate shows and uh, they need something to talk about uh, that gets people riled up one way or the other because the reality of it is, to me, not in the MVP conversation right now, but if they can win the division, he will be because that means he will have played some of his best football for, you know, basically, you know, almost uh, the last three quarters of the season and allowed them to rally and get uh, get tied up and pass the Eagles. And I don't – and I say it like that because I don't think the Eagles are going to lose more than uh, – I would say they don't lose more than four games, and I really don't think they're going to lose more than three. Uh, so for you to catch them means you got to play some of your best football down the stretch and put you in a position to do that. Yeah, it's you know it's it's like you you say they don't miss, they're not gonna lose more than four. I, I don't know. The Eagles are eight and one, but I'm not the Cowboys. They really blow no one out. You know they they've been every game is you know everybody's been right there that opportunity most of those games, and they're heading. You know we talk about the Cowboys December stretch. Well, they're heading to their Cowboys stretch right now because they play the Chiefs, they play Buffalo, and they play the Forty Nineers the next three weeks before they play the Cowboys again. And so there could be one, there could be one or two losses there. And you had the Cowboys lost on top of that, you know, if the Cowboys can beat them, uh, and, and and that's what I hope is, you know, that that's where the Cowboys hope to catch them because this is they're running to their gauntlet. That if they if they go to Kansas City and if they beat Buffalo, Kansas City for the Niners today, that's where you tip your hat. Oh yeah, because that's a, that's a tough stretch because that's a, although it's at Kansas City and then they got. Um, yeah. Buffalo at the crib, San Francisco at the crib. Uh, their problem, really, if we're going to be honest, is uh, that San Francisco game, um, you know, I think mentally will be a big uh, – it's just hard to come down the team to – when by the time they get to Dallas, it will be – we had a big game against a team that beat us in the Super Bowl, a big game against a team, you know, that's trying to get home field advantage for and is mad at us because they think they beat us if uh, Purdy hadn't gotten hurt. And then you got to get up – Yet again for the Cowboys on the road. It's going to be a tough emotional stretch for them. Well, how, how healthy is Jalen Hurts? That's the question, too. That's a big question. Well, you know, they're coming off that bye week, and we'll see. I mean, he, again, he, he's played well with with a bad knee, and, and, and those things don't necessarily heal themselves. And you know, they just say it's a bone bruise, whatever say it is, but, you know, a couple of hits on that thing, and, and, mm-hmm. and we'll see. But, but you know, again, it, 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 healthy or not, this is the, this is the game, and 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 they will be judged on, on their wins and losses, whether they full fully healthy or not. And the good news for your Cowboys, the Cowboys are pretty healthy, you know, coming out of this stretch, and they can get through. Uh, yeah, they get through this stretch uh, the next three weeks, and they have those ten days off before they play the Eagles. You know, they they should be sitting pretty. And, and, and Mike McCarthy's done a great job of of managing their health. You know, he certainly. They, right now, they don't even practice on Wednesdays anymore. They have one padded practice every week, and that's on Thursday. One real practice, really padded or not, and that's on Thursday. They don't practice on Wednesday. They don't practice on Friday. and do a walkthrough on uh, on uh, Saturday before the game. I mean, he's really doing a good job of trying to take care of, of their bodies, and I think it's helped certainly with Tyra Smith. We talked about Tyra Smith. Uh, basically, he don't practice during the week, you know, and he just does a walkthrough on Saturday and get ready to play. You know, and he's played pretty well the last couple of weeks. He's played the best football. How healthy is Zach Martin? 
Zach is uh, he's not on the injury report. There's no issues, no open issues about his health at all either. But they they pretty much get a veteran's Wednesday off. But like I said, they don't really practice anybody about that Wednesday. They have one practice on Thursday. So, you know, Mike McCarthy, one thing he's done, and and and, and I don't think Mike gets enough credit. And, and you talk about those being the, the winningest team, among the winningest team of the last three years. You know, 13. They, you know, you, 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 you have to point to Mike McCarthy because it's not been easy. Again, to go 4-1 without the starting quarterback, name me one other team in NFL has done that. You know, they lose their starting quarterback five games to go four and one. You know, with what they did last year. You you know, he's he's navigated, he's managed a lot of different things, a lot of different personalities. Uh, you know, they get rid of the best receiver, you know, we talked about last year, it still went twelve and five. Yep. You know, with Joy, I mean, he, he has navigated some things to to keep these guys winning. And one thing he said, and, and I you know, we'll see if it's true because I don't you know, you know, you, you the way you break through in the playoffs is repeatedly get there. You know, and, and the Cowboys repeatedly had a good team under Mike McCarthy. They look like they repeatedly get to the playoffs. It should be comfortable for them to go in the playoffs and win at some point. Well, let's go deep on your on your point. Why is it you think he doesn't get as much credit as you think he should? I mean, it's like anything. I mean, I, I think that there was, you know, even coming in, even though he had the win in Green Bay, a lot of people that you know that thought that that was a, it was gave more Aaron Rodgers the credit, you know, and then it was his office and he got fired and you know it, it's 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 a perception thing. I, I think he's a big guy. People look at him more as an oaf than a genius, and he's been an offensive. I mean, seriously, let's be honest about it. You know, but they don't look Mike at Andy Reid as an oaf. Go back what they did until he won Super Bowls. Well, Mike McCarthy. There was a whole lot of there, there was a whole lot of criticism. There was a whole lot of criticism of Andrew Reid to the Giants. Why Philadelphia got rid of it? You know, when he started, Patrick Hall started winning Super Bowls, it's, it's, you know, we, we look at you differently. And, but Mike McCarthy has won a Super Bowl, but I would tell you that nobody even put him on the same level as Sean uh, Payton. They started coaching the same time. They had the same coaching record uh, as far as numbers of wins and Super Bowl wins. But people had put Sean Payton on this high mountain and McCarthy's down here, and they got the same numbers. And they had the same system. One of them had a great quarterback. The other one had a great quarterback. Well, I'm all, 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 all of that. But no one would have you know, no ever considered Mike McCarthy as, as good of a coach, offensive genius, to all of this stuff, as Sean Payton. And, Sean, and, and Mike McCarthy, go back to the days in New Orleans, you know, when he, we, when he first started off as a coordinator, the quarterbacks he's been around, he has as good a resume as anybody. Well, he didn't, but see, the last three years, he kind of been disconnected because he had to let Kellen Moore run the offense. And you look over right, as, as, a fan, is, as, a, as a fan, you look over there and say, well, what is actually is Mike doing today? He, he's mean, keeping his team ready. That's what I said. He don't get enough credit how he's managing right, the team. Right. As a, he's a real head coach. Right. And he, he does a good job. And, again, I I've, I, I give him credit. He he's, doesn't have an ego. He's had to come in and deal with Jerry talking. Yep. That was tough early. Uh, he had to deal with Jerry hyping up Dan Quinn, you know, yep. and, and basically saying, oh, he's going to be my next coach. While I'm, you know, like, yep. he had to deal with that. And, and he's, let that, he's let Dan Quinn be the coach of the defense. He's the coach of the offense. He don't, have, he don't care that Dan Quinn getting all his credit. He just wants to win. He knows if he wins, you know, the credit's going to come to him because this is his team. But, yeah, I, I give him credit for all of that. And I don't, I don't think he does that. The outside people give enough credit for the job he's done here. 
Right. And, and they won't. I mean, the bottom line is he can do all of this stuff. If they lose in the first round, you know, he could be fired. His, his job could be on the line, and he's done a great job coaching. Well, we do have to spend five minutes on Carolina, so to speak. Uh, do we? I, well, <laughs> okay, maybe do we? maybe one minute. I'd like to ask this question. How could the Cowboys lose this game? Because everybody seems to assume it's, going, it's another blowout. Well, I mean, you, you, you treat it like Arizona. This is what you do. You have to, you have to take the, learn, the lesson learned in Arizona and not take a bad team for granted. And, 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 a good, and, you, and you make sure Josh Dobbs don't get traded from Minnesota to Carolina. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Josh Dobbs is that guy. He okay? think hey, every time I bring up Josh with Dobbs, he think I'm crazy. <laughs> Make sure Josh Dobbs don't get traded to Carolina. No, no disrespect to Bryce Young, yeah. but I'm more afraid but, of Josh Dobbs yeah. than of the midget Bryce. Of the, of the excuse me, short guy Bryce Young, right now. Okay, that's right. Don't I'm, have I'm don't have him protesting outside the building while we I'm for this sorry, podcast. I'm sorry, take it back. But anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, and so that's what I mean. You got to take care of business. I'm out there. The Cowboys did a good job of you know Mike McCarthy talked about it. No one you know no one cares about you. Excuses. Nobody cares about the injuries and go play, and and they did a good job of focusing on the Giants. And you know, even though Tommy DeVito was quarterback, and knowing that was, you know, they had a, you know, it, it should have been an easy game, but they took care of business. And even when they took the, the starters down the fourth quarter, backers would not have scored, you know. And 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 that's the mindset, you know. Dak has talked about it. We're running our own race, you know. We're not worried about them. We're not worried about the Eagles. They're not worried about the issue that, that Carolina has. It's going to be a desperate Carolina team for sure. They just, you know, the, office, the head coach fired the offense or not. Took the play column back from the young offensive coordinator. And, you know, even people in Carolina were talking about protesting the game and protest <laughs> how they played. And, 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 the, and the coach could be one and done. He could be another one and done coach. That's how bad it is. So they're desperate. They've had the week off. They're coming off a bye. You know, so they're going gearing up to play their best game for sure. But the Cowboys got to take care of their business. They take care of their business, do what they're supposed to do that you win. You're a man with many opinions. Did you think Bryce Young should have been the first quarterback? Oh, coming into the season, that was a tough one. I mean, we you know we all saw him at, at Alabama and, and sort of the things he did in, 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 in Alabama. But, but, of course, when you're at Alabama, you're playing with the best personnel. You know, yeah. and, and, and so, you know, it, that, that makes a difference. You go to a Carolina, go to a bad team. Uh, when when you don't have the best personnel, and, and so it, it certainly shows. I mean, I, I think that there's something to people when people talk about height and arm strength and all of the stuff. There's something to do. It. Certainly, you know, you have to score best can overcome it. But you know, CJ Stroud is showing you that 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 all of it, and plus his knowledge of the game, uh, in addition to all that, because he can make all the throws. That, that he's he's definitely been the best of this quarterback class. Uh, it's disappointing because everybody's going to point to Bryce, but they're bigger problems in Carolina than Bryce Young. Oh, without doubt, I think so. And then, uh, we, you know, we never like to let you go before we we check in with the Texas Longhorns, uh, who got uh, what you got? Iowa State this week. Yeah, this is the big game. You know, they beat Iowa State; they're in the Big Twelve Championship game, but they have to keep winning uh, if they want to even, you know, consider being the conversation for uh, the college football playoff because it's going to come down to if Texas wins out. And if someone if someone loses, I don't know if anybody's going to lose. Somebody but if lose, they will have a chance. What you say? Well, I mean, either Ohio State or Michigan. One of them is losing. Yeah, but one. Of, but they're both ahead of Texas, so one of them loses. Somebody from Big Twins going. If, if the Big Ten champ, 
stays undefeated, if Florida State stays undefeated, Georgia stays undefeated, and Washington stays undefeated, they're going. That's the, that's the top four. And so you need, you know, possibly Washington to lose to Oregon, the Oregon still over, over Texas. Uh, if Alabama beats Georgia, that's going to be chaos. Because, you know, how do you keep Georgia out when they've lost one game in two seasons? You know, but you put Alabama in over Texas, who beat them by double digits at home. So it's, <laughs> it, 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 it's certainly tricky. Uh, but, you know, you like your chances. I mean, the difference point of thing with Texas right now is they, they lost their, their, their best offensive weapon in, in, in their running back who's out for the season with a torn ACL in the TCU game. Right. You know, story I broke late Saturday night because I'm out there talking to uh, some people uh, on, on the bus. <laughs> that man broke stories on down, the Cowboys and the Logo. I just going down as a fan, but yeah, I put that out there Saturday night, and all of a sudden Sunday morning, everybody's gonna confirm what I wrote. But um, yeah, um, so it's tough, you know. They they don't have the best running back, but now you lean in the Quinn Ears. The big news that came out of Texas this week uh, is that Quinn Ears may re- is leaning toward returning for another season. Now, you know, see, so I, I was, I, you know, the I, thought I, process of him going pro, and next year it'd be between Malik and Arch Manning. Well, Malik and Arch may have to sit, or one of them may have to transfer because. Quinn Ears is likely coming back for another year. Which makes sense to me. He don't look like he's ready for the NFL to me because he's not well, dominating. Yeah, he missed all his games with, I mean, with injuries. He's not playing his yeah. best football. And for Texas' yeah. sake, I like it because that means you're going to the SEC next year with a veteran offensive line and a veteran quarterback. Right. And what you want – I mean, if you're a player – plus he already got NIL money. He comes from South Lake, so his parents got money. His is not a money situation. So if it's and not a money situation – He took about a million to sit on the bench at Ohio State as a high school senior. Yep. That's what I'm saying. So it's not a money situation. <laughs> so if you go into the league, you want to be a top uh, number one pick. I mean, you know, first-round pick. And then you want to just do what the number one picks do, which is they dominate college football. And he's been good. He's been dominant at times, but he ain't just had that season where you go, oh, damn, this is the dude they was talking about coming out of South Lake. And I bet uh, if uh, he can sure. – uh, yeah, I bet he'll do that next year because it'll be his third year, third year in the offense, good team around him. And that'll be the year where you put up them numbers, you know, 37 touchdowns, four interceptions, and everybody look like, oh, yeah, they got a top ten pick right there. Uh, for sure. And, it, and there's a lot of jam at, at the quarterback this year. Uh, next year, he could be the guy, you know, because, you know, you look at, you know, what's coming out this year, and he, he's certainly not a first round, not a top four pick. You know, next year, he could be in that number. So, yeah, it, it, it's it's set up for him to, to have a better draft position next season and for him to put it all together. And hopefully, he can stay healthy. And, uh, yeah, Malik will be the one transferring somewhere to go be a starter next year. Yeah, and, and for all people talk about the Mannings, the Mannings are fine. You know, you know, Cooper Manning was at the TCU game this past weekend, tailgating with the parents, and, you know, they're they're okay with him. They're, they didn't sit in the Texas uh, to to be a hero as a freshman. They forced on the field out of pressure of saving the program. And they want him to have a true experience. They want him to really develop as a quarterback. And, and so they're fine with him sitting right now. Yeah, well, cool. That's Clancy Hill Jr. This E stands for – Everything I agree with, according to Hartfield. Uh, we appreciate <laughs> you, man. We'll talk to you Good next stuff, Friday. Man. Good stuff. <laughs> All right, man. Appreciate you guys. Thank you. All right. Uh, Clans brought to you each and every Friday by Smokey John's Barbecue uh, over there at 1820 West Mockingbird. And now is a great time to remind y'all you 
Let me tell you something. If you don't want to spend all day, well, a couple of days, that's what they did in my house as a kid, preparing Thanksgiving dinner, picking greens, washing greens, washing chitlins. Some of y'all don't know what I'm talking about. But, yeah, you got to wash them chitlins. Uh, wash the hey. hell out them chitlins. <laughs> Let Smokey John's Barbecue take that worry off your plate. See what they did right there? They got all kinds of things going on, man. The food is stupendous, tremendous, delicious. It's to live for. But they got a small family holiday pack that feeds four to six that includes a smoked turkey or bone-in ham, two quarts of dressing, a pint of gravy, giblet gravy, six rolls, half pint of cranberry sauce, and uh, two one-quart sides. They got the large family pack uh, for one eighty nine ninety five that feeds eight to 12 people, smoked turkey, bone-in ham, a gallon of dressing, a quart of giblet gravy, a dozen rolls, a pint of cranberry sauce, two two-quart sides. Now, if you like your boy, and you like, I throw down on the sides, and I really do. Then you can get the smoked turkey or a Cajun fried turkey, a baked turkey, a honey bone in ham. I told y'all I'm so intrigued by this rib stuffed turkey. So intrigued by it, you know. Or if you want to go with the dressing stuffed turkey legs, they got the two pack for $39.95, the four pack for $69.95. Give Smokey John's Barbecue a call. Let them take care of Thanksgiving for you so you can spend more time enjoying the games all day. I think the first one come on like 11. Maybe you want to hit the turkey trot in downtown Dallas uh, before Thanksgiving so that you can clean your clean your stomach and be ready to fill it up. It don't matter, man. But give Smokey John's a call. Hit them on SmokeyJohns.com. Get your order in and uh, have Thanksgiving dinner on Smokey John's. Do that for me. They'll appreciate it. I'll appreciate it, too. And I'm trying to figure out which I'm, I'm really intrigued by this rib stuffed turkey. I really think I'm going that route. Uh, but I'll let y'all know. Uh, dude, let's go around the block. I got a couple things to talk about. Well, I want to say I know you. You know you're not a chitlin' guy. No, ain't a chitlin' guy. Yeah. Ain't never been a chitlin' guy. Yeah. And I once told a woman, lips to touch chitlins will never touch mine. <laughs> How would you know? <laughs> How would you know, dog? Oh what no! You mean? How would I know? I sat there and saw her put hot sauce on. But I'm and saying, I told him. What if she ate lips, him? What if she ate lips, him? Well, she ate them before, but she... Never mind. Go ahead, Hey, dog. man. Every relationship, unless y'all was uh, elementary school sweethearts, there's, a, there's somebody before you. Roger that. So, our relationship starts, ship starts with us. So, baby, lips to touch chitlins may never touch mine. All right, then. But then, you know, sometimes when they're cute, you make exceptions. How would I, you know? I once told a girl I was dating, oh. I don't date smokers. Never will, never have, I'm sorry, da-da-da. And she said, well, I guess we won't be dating. I said, well, how much do you smoke? She said, I smoke socially. I have one in the morning, and I never smoke again unless I'm out socially. I said, all right, I can live with that. <laughs> but you said never, though. You said never, and then you made the exception. All right, then. There's exceptions to every rule, baby. Not when you Sometimes. say never. Not when you say never. Never hey. means never. I, I thought it when I said it to She told me her, her thing And I was like well I guess never was Was just a little bit too strong uh, Fine Fine counsels never <laughs> Fine 
Fine as hell cancer's never every time. But go ahead. You you have spoken a real truth right there. Fine a can real make up truth right fine there. make up for a lot of stuff, but fine ain't everything. But all right then. Go ahead. Uh if you haven't heard and I'm not going into detail like this, I'm just giving you a reminder. Hey, go follow me on Twitter at J at uh, JJT Journalist. I am Jean Jacques Taylor. Uh, my Twitter account got deleted, so we started over from scratch. It's life in a big city. But what I wanted to do, dog, I was minding my own business last week, okay? Wasn't bothering nobody, just chilling. And I got an alert on my phone. Uh, your T-Mobile bill has come out. It's been paid $208. Now, if y'all remember, a couple weeks ago, I said, hey, do personal audit. Clean up your own accounts. And remember I told y'all I shaved about $80 off my T-Mobile account? It's supposed to be $123. I got this notice. It was $208. Dog. Damn. I picked up the phone at that moment. I hit T-Mobile up. What y'all doing? And I tried to be polite. And so you know what I told this person on the phone? I said, hey, I understand you didn't do this. But I'm mad as hell, bro. I said, I spent an hour on the phone going through all this stuff on my bill, line by line, to make sure it was right. And so, I, dude, I said, I know you didn't do it, but I'm extremely frustrated right now. And he was like, okay, let's figure it out, Mr. Taylor. This is a blase, blase. And uh, what happened was they just said, I don't know, man, but uh, they had an extra line on my bill and they hadn't taken it off again. And so this time they took it off And he said I said dog It's not enough to take it off I want my account credited Oh yeah And he said oh uh, Let me go I Do what you gotta do dog Just don't come back Until you say Okay you're credited uh, So they did that And it took a minute And then I said what is this other stuff man And he fixed that And I said dog And so we got it all back To $123 And I said dog I need something I need a text I need an email I need something With your name on it because if this happened next week, you're going to have to come to my funeral because I'm going to blow a gasket. Uh, notice I said my funeral. Damn, that's uh, kinda, but that's kind of dramatic. But I <laughs> it is, but dog. I understand. I f- I've been violated because they did this. It's my fault because I was not checking my bill regularly. But they did this for like a year, man. Yeah. They stole from me for a year. So I ain't got no more tolerance for them. So uh, I just wanted to tell y'all that once again, I'm telling y'all. Imploring y'all, begging y'all, go check your own personal finances and make sure you ain't giving away money like I was. Don't be the fool that I was or I had been. Uh, we all striving to get better, and so I'm better. And just so y'all know, I came up with it right here. I'm gonna look at it one more time because I found ten more dollars this week, dog. I have saved a total of four hundred and thirty-nine dollars uh, per month. From my finances that was going to wasted subscriptions and all this other stuff like this T-Mobile bill. If you just do the math, 439 times 12, $5,200. Now I know about y'all, I ain't got $5,200 to waste. I felt bad that I was eating ramen noodles last year because I was wasting $5,200 a year. That's how bad it was. Cornbread and rice and ramen noodles. Alternator, baby, because I'm wasting $5,200 a year. So now I got that money going automatically deducted to a savings account every month. And so I hope at the end of the year, a year from now, it'll be $5,200 over there. 
And I'd just be sitting there looking at it and smile, knowing that that's savings for money that I wasted. Cornbread and rice? No, black beans. You said cornbread and rice. That's distracting, dog. Go ahead. Oh, I'm, I meant black beans. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, sorry. what the hell is that? I had salmon and some wild rice. Okay, but, man. Uh, well, I'm, I'm trying to eat better. Uh, trying to get back in my real slick eating habits. Uh, but anyway, I told you, uh, I think I told y'all, that I saw a clip from The Wire, and it was so good that it made me decide I was going to go back and rewatch The Wire. Well, I have gone back to rewatch The Wire, and damn it, I enjoyed it. I mean, it's not over yet. I'm still watching it. But I am thoroughly enjoying The Wire because now that I've seen it, I can pay more attention to it and I'm catching up on the details. I'm already into season two. And can I tell y'all something? Like most people, most people, if you ask them about season two, it's their least favorite season because a lot of time is spent on the docks. But dog, now that I've seen it and I'm a more mature TV watcher, I really enjoyed season two. I really have. Because they introduced some new characters. Brother Mozone showed up in season two. And, uh, you know, some things got wrapped up in season two. Uh, D'Angelo got got in season two. Hey, just so y'all know, The Wire been out for 20 years. If you ain't seen it by now, that's on you. Most of us are re-watching it. So you already know what's happening. So ain't no spoiler alerts about The Wire, in my opinion. It's been out 20 years. There's a book out that Jonathan Abrams wrote about. It's out there. So there's no such thing as, you spoiled it. Nah, you should have seen it by now. We're just reminiscing about it. Season two, uh, is, season two is the season where you hang in there and be rewarded. Yeah, you know, that's a you, good way to say it. Yeah, you kind of got to watch it and then you go, ah, okay, no. I hope there's some payoff to this. And then, no. like you say, you look back on it, and yeah, it was pretty good because that's where they introduced the Greeks. Dude, yeah, the biggest part of the, one of the biggest part of the show. Well, yeah. if not the biggest part, no, it of was the, show, the biggest the, part. The connect, how, yeah. How about Ziggy though, man? Yeah, was was that dude off the chain or what? So we're gonna. I dis- mean, unhinged. Gonna, so I'm glad you're watching it again, Carl. We can actually discuss it like you know the characters now. I just there's one one person I didn't remember last week, and now I don't know none of the characters. Uh, you got some two. You got Cuddy and Slim Charles mixed up. You can't. Yeah, Cuddy and Slim Charles. Cuddy, mixed wait, up Cuddy, Slim, I got, Cuddy, Slim Charles, and Wee Bay mixed up. That's that's right, a right, cardinal right, right, sin right there. You can't say I watched the wire and done it. But I'm proud of you, dog. You did the work. I ain't gonna keep taking shots. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, well, I'm not through season two yet, but season one. Uh, I, I have an answer. What stuck out, what stuck out to you most about season one, or one or two things that stuck out to you most about season one? Well, you talked about Ziggy, right? No, he's season two. Okay, what's one? One is you know they set up. It's when they put the wire on everything. It's introduction to Avon and Stringer, and uh, you know. uh, the the introduction of Kima, Carver, and Herc. That whole dynamic right there. Right. Them guys was off the chain. You know, Crazy. they they became seasoned. You know, they evolution in the show. Carver right. and Herc went from knuckleheads <laughs> to, you know, we're going to steal money. We're going to do this. We're going to do that to, 
I don't know, it was just a good evolution of the characters. And then Kima, you know, Kima is just a badass. And she just, right. she's just good in everything. And, and, and the actress is pretty good in everything. She plays uh, in uh, Will Trent on uh, ABC. And she's actually pretty good in that. So I'm, I'm familiar with Will Trent. Are you? Yeah. No, yeah. like I, like real talk, I haven't watched, to the best of my knowledge, I haven't watched anything on network TV in Will like, Will Trent is Will Trent is pretty good. It's a detective show. It's pretty good. And uh, Kima, the actor that plays Kima, plays a big part in that. But, uh, yeah, Kima, the introduction of Kima, Herc, and Carver, those are some of my favorite characters because they, they went from knuckle draggers to pretty smart characters in the show. Uh, I was uh, the thing I'm most uh, that I went back and really looked at with the show sounds weird because it's such a gritty show and it's such about uh, you know violence and drug game and you know it's a lot of negative things going on the two things that struck me man number one was the humanity of Wallace and D'Angelo like you in the midst of this stuff that's all bad and all negative and all this killing, all this violence. And them two cats are struggling to find their own humanity and figure out how to get out, but they're so deep in the game and there's really no exit routes for them that it both takes them out. And they not, they really don't have a chance to live the life that they wish that, it, that they could live. And, uh, Wallace, Wallace should have stayed at Grandma's house. That's what he should have done. But as no. Michael, Michael B. Jordan, Michael B. Jordan yeah. is a baby as Wallace. Yeah. A baby. That's incredible. So some, a lot of guys get a child, get a break as a child actor, don't become great actors. No, true. And so you're right. He should have stayed at Grandma's house. But he ain't know nothing else. Yeah. That's all he knew. Yeah. So when he got his exit route, yeah. he couldn't even take it. <laughs> because yeah. all he knew was the violence in the life of the streets. And then uh, you can see... You know, D'Angelo wanted a life that he just couldn't get. He was too deep in the game. And everybody yeah. he knew was in the game, his family in the game. And, uh, you know, I knew somebody like that. They weren't in the game like that. But they were somebody who grew up in Dalworth, part of Grand Prairie. Mm-hmm. And they wanted a better life for themselves. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was a young lady. It's a, lot of, wanted, it's a lot of us make it out of Dalworth. I'm from Dalworth. Uh, see, that's what's up. Yeah, I'm just saying. But she, but she wanted a way out, and her family was like, they pulled that whole, oh, you think you better than us because you're trying to get out? And she could never get out, man. And uh, you know how she finally got out? She went to the service. Uh, yep, she went to the service, man. And uh, uh, she went to the service and stayed probably about six years, I think. Got a skill, got a got a job, and got out because when she came back, she had a skill set that allowed her to get a job, and now she does something. She runs some kind of community center or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it it was just cool because we used to talk about her was really struggling to figure out how to get out, and the only at the end, the only way she knew how to get out was I got to I literally got to join the service and just leave where I can't where you know I can't be held back, and so uh, that struck me there. The other thing that struck me about season one is, because uh, you got to remember, it's still 2020, 2002. It's just Omar, man, and how uh, that character just shows up. And, you know, the, the dichotomy between being this gay man and this ruthless killer, because your thought process is, oh, gay man means soft man. And clearly, he ruthless and every bit of killer and a thug as anybody else. He just happens to be gay, too. 
and uh, when they kill his boyfriend, you know, it's just it, the dynamic for 20 years ago to be able to tell that story and for the characters to really get into it and be true to it was uh, was deep to me. Well, that that's I think that's only a dichotomy in, in a, for HBO because uh, in my hood, gay don't mean soft. <laughs> it, don't, it don't mean that. I wish you would try somebody like that. <laughs> that you know that means you you you've been you've been picked on a lot. In, a, in, right. in that type of community, and you know how to fight, and, and you're gonna be who you are. You living, you pretty much living in your truth, because people gonna give you a lot of shit, and you learn how to either live in your truth and fight their ass or do whatever. You know, it is. I mean, he is who he is, and that's gonna be that. Yeah, so uh, that, and then uh, you know, I just think Idris Elba as Stringer Bell was cool. Wood Harris as Avon Barksdale. It's just. Dude, they got so many tremendous actors in that show that it's, uh, I mean, that's why it became a great show. Because everybody carved out their niche. And there were so many characters that, you know, we just got through talking about what our favorite part of season one is. And none of that mentioned the main characters. These were all supporting characters. Well, the, the newspaper part, where the newspaper, I know that's something that you live, where the newspaper started losing steam, you know. Where they started cutting staff and all of that stuff, and yeah, the the uh, what is that season four, season five? Yeah, it, it was all. It didn't all focus on the crime, but it all was kind of in and around the crime. But I thought the 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 prize winning reporter and all of that stuff, and old girl that got sacked because she didn't support that dude, and they ran. It was all pretty good. That's what made the wire. It had so many levels. The wire has so many levels. You know, it was, you know, down in the gutter, you know, uh, cerebral levels, all of that stuff. It was pretty good. It was pretty good. No, no doubt. Uh, so anyway, that's our trip around the block this week. Make sure that you uh, <laughs> check your check your finances. Don't get got like I got got. And uh, if you haven't checked the wire out in a minute, you got a little time, you're looking for something to binge, go check the wire out. It's worth your time. Now, nah, man, let's uh, let's go to. Uh, we haven't talked about this, and it's been out for a minute, but let's try to advance it a little bit. Jimbo Fisher, gone. Holla, see you later. Seventy-seven million, not to coach football. And I think the question. Well, check this out about Jimbo Fisher. Forty-five and twenty-five after seventy games. His record is worse than Kevin Sumlin's record, Doc. Kevin Sumlin was 48 and 22. Jimbo I think, Fisher. I think Kevin lost control of the program, though. He had a lot of wild stuff going on. People coming in and out before the transfer portal. Right. You know, Kyler Murray leaving. A lot of stuff going on with Kevin Sumlin. You know, man, we can probably look back as uh, – and I, I don't like A&M enough to have done it in the process, but it might be good to look back now. Like, what if you had committed to Kyler Murray? Would he have been, would he have emerged and become the player that he became? Probably not. Probably not. I don't think so. Like I say, Lincoln Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley's track record has proven that he'll take yours and win with yours, and he'll take his and win with his. You know, Baker Mayfield, Caleb Williams. Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts. Yeah, you know is he he can quarter, he can coach a quarterback, so nah, uh, you know. But Kevin Sumlin was supposed to be an offensive guy, so I just I just wondered if he you know 
Because if you look at it, to me, honestly, the problem with, with the Aggies is they haven't had a quarterback yeah. since Johnny Football. Yeah. And the game, to me, and I don't think I'm breaking no news here, all about the quarterback, man. If you got a quarterback, you can compete. If you don't have a quarterback, I don't care what you got around them in college football. Right. It's just hard to win, man. Well, the last three or four years, A&M been a quarterback away from uh, national contention. Remember, they was in the top ten a couple of times. Started They started out in the top ten a couple of times. And the yeah. quarterback was the main problem. Uh, and, and Jimbo just never solved that problem. I think now this is one clip, and so you can do anything with one clip. Somebody found a clip from his last year at uh, Florida State. He in the locker room talking to his team at halftime. Uh, and he's very animated, very fired up, very energetic. And then they showed a clip from him after the game that they just won, where they beat Mississippi State 51-10. And, dog, if you didn't know that was the same guy, you wouldn't know that was the same guy. Completely different demeanor, soft-spoken, no energy. And uh, I don't know Jimbo at all. I just thought it was an interesting to show those two clips side by side and well, say that's the same guy. Producer's note. Next time you want to talk about that, let me know. I'll pull that up. Well, I mean, I just saw it. Just, yeah, I know. got you. But I got you, though. I got you, though. All right, I appreciate that. Yep. Uh, so, anyway, uh, Texas A&M got problems. They 19 and 15 against the SEC. They won in nine in their last 10 true road games. Um, you know, they just got nothing going for them for a team that's got – the fan base has got, the money has got, the facilities has got. They got nothing. And uh, the question is, who's going to take that job now? Because the Aggies think that they're supposed to be one of the best teams in college football. And reality says, y'all ain't, I mean, y'all ain't really never been that. You've had three and four and five-year stretches here and there where you've been a dominant team. But they've never been able to put it together. Uh, for any extended period of time. And maybe all it takes is, you know, it takes that. I think, uh, again, I think I said this, but I know I said this. They got to find a quarterback guy. Texas A&M, I, I know a lot of people from A&M. They might not like me saying this, but Texas A&M, Baylor is kind of the same program. How do you say that? Because Baylor has been pretty good. Baylor has had a Heisman Trophy winner. A&M has had a Heisman Trophy winner here recently. And they'll do 9-4, and 9-3. and three. You know, they'll get the big bowl game. They'll get a big bowl win. But they just haven't been on the national, you know, the national level, like top 10, almost playoff type of team. So I think it's right. damn near the same program where they've been good. Baylor is more of a stop. Baylor, yeah. Baylor is more of a stop on a good coach's way to going somewhere else, where A&M is more of a destination. Yeah. But they they kind of similar to me. Uh, I, think they, I think they are similar in results. Mm-hmm. But I think – and I think, I think the difference is Baylor fan base is well, – this is what I think. Baylor fan base is like Texas Tech fan base. You get us eight wins a year, you good, though. Because uh, every now and then you're going to get us ten – and every now and then we're going to sit at six or seven. But you, if you can keep us around eight and get us to a bowl game most years, you good with us. With the Aggies, they have their expectation is so much higher that they're not happy with that because, in my opinion, they're always comparing themselves to their big brother Texas. And if Texas is doing this or has done this, 
then they want to do the same thing. They want to be. Yeah, that's definitely definitely a rival there. I'm just saying yeah. the, way I, the way I look at it is the way the program performed. Yeah, you talking about expectations? Sure, they right. want to they want to be better than. It's, it's important for them to be better than Texas. Yeah, but it's that's why they can't. That's why they can't be. That's why Baylor can be satisfied with eight and four. Yeah, but Texas A and M could never be satisfied with all. just eight and yeah. four over over a long period of time because yeah. they're like we we got so much better. We should be better ah, yeah. and all of that. And so, you know, man. So the question is, who's going to be their next coach? Um. And you know, it's it's an interesting question because who would if it were me, I would see the talent that they get, just like we just talked, and I'd be like, I'm a quarterback away. I need a program guy, but I also need somebody who can attract quarterbacks. Because we got everything else. We got receivers. I mean they didn't send everything else to the league. They just ain't got no quarterback. And I need to find somebody who can that will be able to Attract quarterbacks because the other thing is, if you can attract quarterbacks, everything everything else will come. You know, Steve Sarkeesian to me is not a great coach. Hasn't proved to be a great coach. Maybe he will, but what can he do thus far based off his resume? He can attract quarterbacks. Yep. And if you can attract quarterbacks, then you give yourself a chance to win. Because I'm here to tell y'all right now, he got Quinn Ewers there, and clearly Texas has made a step up. If Arch Manning is who people think he is, because I don't know, if he is who they think he is, say Quinn Ewers stays another year. That's all good. That means by the time Arch is a redshirt sophomore, guess what? He done been in the same offense for three years. Yep. He going to come out. If he can play, yes, he'll need a couple games for experience and get used to playing at the level and the speed. But his understanding of the playbook and all that, if he can play, dog, you show up as a redshirt sophomore and you can play and you weren't forced to play early before you were really ready, you could build your confidence. And check this out. He don't need to go. He got money. He got NIL money of his own. He got family money. He can stay as long as he need to stay to develop, provided he got the talent, into a first-round pick. Well, so to, what your, I'm saying? to your point, even if Malik Murphy – Transfers. He's been under that in that system with Sark. So when he goes somewhere else, he can take what he learned somewhere yeah. else. Yeah, that's 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 a good point about the quarterback stuff. So yeah, so Sark and now Sark got him what? He got him lined up because yeah. Ewers has played well. If Arch Manning come in and play well, what do you tell the next five star quarterback? Son, come in here, redshirt for a year, sit for a year, keys to the car yours, man. Arch going to the league. Yeah. Boom, 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 boom. It, it so just works would, like that. So who would you who would you consider hiring? Uh, like I don't know if he's a quarterback developer, but you know, I mean, I you know, I'm not gonna sit there and tell y'all that I'm all up on who the best college coaches are of names that we haven't heard. Uh, but you know, I like the dude at uh, UT San Antonio because I knew he's you was going. I got the dude pulled up right now, Jeff and Jeff Trailer. Jeff Trailer. Yep. And why is that? He a Texas dude. I think he coached at Gilmer. He's from Gilmer or coached at Gilmer. Um, So he a Texas dude. He understands Texas. He understands the university. He understands the culture, all of that. Kind of like Art Browse. Yeah. And he's been successful everywhere he's been. Mm -hmm. And so you're getting him based off of you can keep a program, you can build a program, and now, you know, you got to play a style that attracts that quarterback. 
and I don't know what they do philosophically, but you know, they're they're guys to get Texas A and M got enough money to get whoever they want. You just got to make the right choice. Uh, yeah, he played. He 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 got a quarterback dominant offense. He got a guy that played there a million years, but right. you know he runs his offense through the quarterback. He runs a little spread stuff. Yeah, yeah, well, that's you know that would be my guy because he understands Texas. He'll be able to. It's keep a step the up. Basis. It's a step up for him too. So you know, yeah. you know the demands and stuff that he would make probably won't be the demands like Lane Kiffin or somebody would make. A, True that Lane Kiffin to me would be a good decision. Would be a good off. I ain't down with Lane. I mean, and here's why. Um, they're two different types of coaches, but Lane Kiffin, um, I think, I think, uh, now that he's been rehabbed at Alabama, it's taken off again. I think he'll handle the situation better at a place like A&M, and we know he can coach. I mean, he just kind of a seven-letter cuss word, uh, but we know yeah, he can coach. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, you know, he will have, he will be able to recruit what quarterbacks because his offense is an offense. He's an offensive guy. Uh, you just got to deal with the with the lane uh, BS, and if you want to deal with that, you know, uh, go ahead for it. That's what I'm saying. I don't know. That's why Trailer is a good guy. Yeah, Mike Elko at Duke, right? Yeah, uh, pretty uh, good. I don't know about the quarterback stuff, but the coaching wise is pretty good. You got Duke balling. You got you can run a good system. No, you know? for real, for real. So just like Cutcliffe. So it's discipline, man. The discipline part is what I worry about. You know, because with the NIL and A and M being down now, uh, they tend to they tend to spoil players sometimes, a lot of times. And so you got to have discipline down there. And so it is what it is. No, this is true. But uh, it's been a good conversation. Uh, we'll keep it going this Sunday. Uh, your Cowboys play the Carolina Panthers. Should be a dub, man. I'd be very surprised if it's not a blowout dub that has us. Waxing poetic about how dominant they are as they added yet another blowout to their list of blowout wins. Uh, so we'll see how it goes from there. Uh, and then we'll tell y'all what the Thanksgiving, ske- Thanksgiving week schedule looks like because that'll be a little different. Uh, I haven't figured out all the details yet, but uh, me and uh, Big Joe and the Big Rig will get together and figure it out uh, so we can make sure we spend some time with our families and get you caught up uh, with the Cowboys and what's going on with them. Uh, so... For yet another episode of Jacques Talk, thanks for hanging around and listening. We're always presented by Grinning Law. They help us do what we do. Uh, Please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Check out the YouTube channel, Jacques Talk. And uh, don't forget, you can follow me on Twitter at JJT Journalist. Uh, Until we chat again, you guys be blessed.